Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. You're going for a very curated IG feed or Facebook feed, something like that. You want to make sure that you are planning your images before your shoot. Mm-hmm. So you're shooting for what you want instead of just like shooting, shooting, shooting. And then at the end, oh, this didn't match what my vision was. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Ati. So Ati lives in Vegas, just like I do. We met on Instagram, I think. And she used to be a champion flair bartender, but then she became a mom and decided that wasn't really the right career path for her. She shares her story in this episode, but she is a personal branding photographer and she really helps people that have personal brands like I do and like my clients do get their photos right because photos are so important when you're trying to build a brand and have your own companies that type of thing she's also in MLM so we chat a little bit about that and she gives a lot of great tips on how to take your own branded photos during COVID when it's a little more difficult to get those professional photos done so without Further ado, let's get into the episode. I am originally from Argentina. I came to the U.S. in 2001. I came from Spain, and I actually came to work as a floor bartender. Hmm. So I worked in the Las Vegas Strip for about 16 years, and it was all like amazing and great, and I was traveling the world. (laughs) until I became a mom. Mm -hmm. And then when I became a mom, it was like this this disconnection with, you know, being behind the bar. And even though like I wasn't competing anymore, I came like, uh, do you know what a flare bartender is? Is that with like the fire and they like throw it around and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I came here with a visa to work uh, at Harris, Mm -hmm. which at the time was the, they had carnival port, it still exists. Uh, is the circle bar between Harris and the link. Mm. And the bar was the best flair bar in the world. Like if you got a job there, you made it. So I was hired there and it was it was a great experience. However, like the first 10 years were amazing. Mm. But then when I became a mom, it's just my identity completely changed. Yeah. So I had this, you know, this calling inside of me for more. And I started uh, my photography business, mm-hmm. and then eventually I started another business, and that was how I left. It's kind of like where my my journey started in that motherhood transition. What was the other business that you started? So I have a network marketing business. Okay. So you mentioned that you're a photographer, and right now... A lot of people are not wanting to probably go out and get pictures, 
but they still need pictures. <laughs> mm -hmm. So do you have any tips for entrepreneurs on how they can take their own pictures right now? Yeah, actually, it's funny that I think you and me talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so, okay, so this was kind of like what happened um, in, in my journey. I found myself in a place when COVID hit that people people didn't know what was going on. People didn't want to take pictures. And people were like, oh my God, I still need to show up in camera. I still need to show up on Instagram. I still need to show up on my website. I still, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, what a great opportunity to serve my audience. And I was already doing personal branding photography, but I started like doing a lot of tips and tricks and stuff like that. So right now, I first of all, what I tell people is that the most important thing is the lighting mm -hmm. because if you are not looking at the lighting you can have the best props you can you can look awesome you can make yourself like the, the best outfit but if the lighting is not good it's not gonna work yeah. so if you and you need a tripod <laughs> Like, because people think that like you know that you're taking selfies and I'm like well this is the evolution of the selfie right yeah <laughs> so so there is two tricks that I actually uh, been giving people one is get a tripod that you can put your phone in if you have a nice camera is a, a plus but you don't need one yeah second is you can do video on your iPhone mm -hmm. and then do screenshots of those videos and I know that a lot of photographers don't want their people to know this <laughs> but this is the reality there is a place and a time for both there is a time and a place mm -hmm. for you to do your own pictures and there is a time and a place for you to hire a photographer right so I I believe that if you have a tripod if you can find good lighting and if you can do either video of yourself or you have a timer mm. like you're golden what are your tips for getting good lighting how do you do so that? for me beginner lighting if you have zero knowledge of photography and you can find a place where the light is even mm. two hours before sunset and shade is always a winner because you can always um, take a picture on the shade where you don't have any light striking your face. Mm -hmm. It can be a little bit flatter, but you're still gonna get a good evenly picture mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to get too fancy and then the Photoshop looks horrible. Yeah, right? definitely. What are your tips for making sure that the photos kind of match a consistent brand versus just so random. I think that is starts. Well, I love that question because people think that it's just on the photos, but I think it starts on the planning yeah. of what you're doing. So I'm gonna give you an example because I think um, it goes really well. So when I first started um, my side business, a lot of my shots were outdoors because I do triathlons. So you know, it's a health and wellness business. So a lot was taken outdoors. So I kept finding myself with a lot of blues and a lot of greens. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not my absolute favorite color, I found that if I created my branding around those colors, it was very cohesive. It, mm -hmm. it was pleasing to the eye, even though it wasn't my favorite color, right? But then if you're going for a very curated IG feed or Facebook feed, something like that, you wanna, 
make sure that you are planning your images before your shoot. Mm -hmm. So you're shooting for what you want instead of just like shooting, shooting, shooting. And then at the end, oh, this didn't match what my vision was. Yeah. So it's all in the planning. Yeah. Whenever I take branded photos, I just make sure there's something pink in the photo and I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. And for the longest time, all my working out clothes was Mm -hmm. either blue or an off shade of blue or something that had either green or teal in it. I swear. Like, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Because that way you can you can be on brand. Mm-hmm. And then it, even if you're not somewhere that's that color, you, at least you are. So. <laughs> do, you, do you carry something pink with you all the time? Um, no, but if I'm doing a photo shoot, I'll purposely, like, if I'm wearing a blue dress, I'll purposely either bring something that's pink or, like, stand in front of pink flowers when I'm wearing that one so then it's still on brand. Still on brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for you, because you are a branding expert too, like do you believe that all feeds need to be curated? I think they should to a point because you don't want just a bunch of crappy photos that and then people oh. land on it and don't take you seriously. But I think there's also being authentic is really important right now. So having, I feel like having some photos that are like not as perfect because whenever I post a photo that's like not from one of my branding photo shoots, it does way better. And I think it's because people just see it as like, oh, she's not trying to like sell me something in this photo or like trying to be so purposeful. Like she's just my friend posting a photo. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of a weird balance though, because you don't want your page to start looking like not professional. Yeah, you know what? I don't. For example, I'm a mom, but I don't want my feed to look just like a mom hmm. that doesn't have a, that. It's in Instagram, just making friends. Yeah, I want my feed to look like I have a business. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned in your introduction that you really believe in having multiple streams of income. So I wanted to talk to you about why you think that's important and how someone, if say they only have one stream of income right now, how they can start building multiple. Okay, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? I yeah. love stories. <laughs> I, um, I am all about stories. And, and, and these are all stories that touch me because I think that our stories define us. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, on 2011, 2011, I was working at my bar. My bar was a very special place, <laughs> and like in, 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 in a very good way. So we had very good customers, people that would come see us many times a year, like very big tips mm-hmm. was very common. Okay. Like this was like no joke. So we had a customer come to the bar. And this guy, obviously I have an accent, I'm from Argentina. (laughs) And there was another guy from Argentina working at the bar that day too. Mm. And this guy comes to the bar, he was Mexican. And he starts tipping really, really, really big. And this guy tipped us $5,000 throughout the night. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he the first thousand dollars, and there is a there is a reason why I'm telling you. <laughs> so the 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 first thousand was cash, and everything else was on credit cards. So I had no suspicion. Um, the other bartender said the guy was there before, and he was a big tipper. So whatever. I left my job that night. Whatever. A few days later, I guess this guy ran some sort of operation, and he. <laughs> 
he, I don't know, his credit card was fake. I have no idea because I never saw the guy again, right? Yeah. So two weeks later, I got fired. For that? I, I mean, I got, first I got suspended, suspended under investigation. Mm. After that, I got fired. Okay, I in, remember what I told you at the beginning. I was brought from Argentina to work in this job. Mm-hmm. I started at that place in 2003. So for me, that was a huge betrayal. I knew all management. I literally gave this place everything. I used to, they used to pay for me to go compete everywhere. I was in complete disbelief. Okay, this is like the comparable to somebody that maybe has an executive job that they give their whole life mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're like oh you're stealing so it wasn't only the fact that i got fired because they thought i was somehow in well because that was actually their thing they thought it was in combination with this guy because we all spoke spanish so ego like really bad right mm, like yeah. not only you're accusing me you know okay at that time i could not believe that I didn't have anything else. Hmm. And I didn't have anything else at the time, yeah. right? I, I was going, I went to school for photography, but at the time I didn't have my photography business. So that was 2011. I, about three weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. It was a whole blessing in disguise. Yeah. Now, fast forward, 23 months later, I get my job back because, you know, Union, Las Vegas, get my job back. I do go back because that is the the deal for us to get our back pay for two years. It was a lot of money. Like, mm. okay, it was like a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, it was almost $100,000. So um, I go back bartending, but now I'm a different person. Mm. Now I'm a mom. Yeah. Two years went by. Like, I went back and I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, like, it was like so strange, like, you know, and I stayed for another year. But one of the biggest thing through that growth was that I grew my photography business mm. and I grew it to a certain extent. It wasn't like something that was replacing that bartending income at that time yet because I took a year off, whatever. Yeah. So when I wanted to leave the bar, I knew that because of my experience getting fired, getting my job back, that I couldn't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. That people have this false sense of security. I had a, sen- a false sense of security around a job that when somebody had a bad day and they had this crazy idea about me, all of a sudden I wasn't good anymore. Yeah. And the only person that cannot do that to yourself is you. Exactly. So I was like, like, I couldn't even believe it. My pride was so hurt. So I think there is this misconception that starting your own business, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I do believe that starting your own business can be hard and there is a lot of mind game around it, mm-hmm. but there is so many ways to start something, even if you, you think you don't have any skill. I, I definitely agree with all that. And I was in a similar situation. I wasn't at the company as long as you were. I was there for three and a half years and they called me into their office and I expected to be promoted and they let me go. (laughs) They told me that there was no more room for me to grow at that company. So they let me go and then 
that's when I, because like, I feel like I tied so much of like my identity to being part of that company and like representing them and like feeling like we were in this together because it was a startup. So like all the owners were always there. They called me their daughter. Like I was just like devastated and like shocked. And, and that's when I was like, well, you like, I thought this was a secure job, but like, especially now with COVID and seeing everyone else also get laid off or furloughed, like to me, it's never secure. The most secure thing you can do is your own thing. Well, and, and this is something that it kind of grew on me that when you're in a big company and even a startup, like you said, Mm -hmm. you are there to serve a purpose for that company. And as long as you serve that purpose, it's great. But then when you don't serve that purpose, it's a business matter. Most of the times it's not personal, right? Mm -hmm. Like in in my case, this person thought he was doing the right job. Maybe the owner that that let you go is thinking that it's the best for their company. And what I realized is even if you're in a job for many, many, many years, everybody has to do what is right for them. Right. But we have to do what is right for, for, for us too. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like it's crazy to think that not having something on the side, or when people are like, I don't have time, or I don't have money to start something, or I, I'm like, what? Like, it, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, especially with the option of MLMs, like a lot of them you could join for $50 and then you have a business and you get like your uplines that are training you on how to have a business and like you're not like when I started my business I invested over seven thousand dollars in coaches and courses figuring all that stuff out like Mm -hmm. even back then if I had realized that you can get a great coach and leader through an MLM like I probably would have done that (laughs) you know and I think okay let's let's talk about this because Mm -hmm. for me network marketing is the most brilliant business of of all businesses okay Mm -hmm. like and I was the person that when her network marketing ran the other way (laughs) (laughs) I think most people you also were you skeptical yeah I just I heard a lot of like oh it's like a pyramid scheme or like only one percent makes any money so like you're not gonna do anything with it. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> so the one percent concept. I'm 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 gonna challenge you here because mm-hmm. in anything you do, mm-hmm. there is a one percent that does better than the rest. Right. When people like I'm from Argentina, every kid grows up wanting to be a soccer player, and they all go to to tryouts and they all go to try to learn and they're nobody tells them that's a pyramid scheme. Right. Right? And either they are the 1% or or they make zero money. Mm -hmm. In network marketing, you are the 1% even if you're making some really good money. Right. Like, so I don't understand what the big deal is, but I think one of the the biggest things that I've learned through the last year, so I did a lot of research and I asked a lot of people, I had people ask me, Ati, did you go to fucking crazy? Like, why are you doing this thing? And I ask them, like, hey, let's have a conversation. I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. I'm not here to drag anybody. Yeah. I want to know what are your experience, what you heard growing up, what happened mm-hmm. to you 
that you think network marketing is so bad. Yeah. And most of the times is either a parent or they tried to do it and they weren't successful and that person was really bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you have to prospect your friends or this or that. But I think that in the, in the world we live now, that is the social media, social selling, e-commerce, it's a completely different space. Yeah, because you don't, you don't even need to try to sell it to your friends or family because everyone it's online that you don't know <laughs> and, and this is the thing I always tell my team social media is a pipeline so mm-hmm. you put out there what you're doing and even if your friends and family or people you know your network mm-hmm. sees it you don't have to be like bugging them yeah. you know like like it it's about what you put out there is the information that you put out there yeah can you talk a little bit about which MLM you're in and why you decided to join that one Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm with Isagenics. Um, and, and are you familiar with the fact that not all network marketing companies are MLM? Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. I'm in Beauty Counter is one of them and they're technically not an MLM because they also mm-hmm. sell. Isagenics either. Okay. It's because of their, their pain structure and stuff like that. There is mm-hmm. no levels. But that was actually super interesting to me. I, I was the girl that went to the Direct Selling Association website and did a lot of research because I had I was very skeptical. Yeah. But I started because I love the product. So in all that stuff that I told you, when I went back to work after being let go for 23 months, I went back to the bar. I was still carrying the 10 pounds left over from when I had my kid. My kid was like three years old. <laughs> and I could not get rid of them for the love of my life. Dude. Like I just couldn't get rid of them. And then eventually I got into triathlon and I was working out a lot. And I was okay, this is ridiculous. Like I am so like active. Like mm-hmm. I am training and all of these and I still can't lose the weight. And I train everything. I try keto, I try I try everything. Yeah. And then my friend was doing isogenics for the longest time, for about three and a half years, I kept seeing her. And she told me, she's like, hey, like, you know, no pressure. Try it. If you don't like it, you have 30 day money back. And I was like, well, I tried everything, you know, whatever, I'm going to try it. And literally on the first month, like, I felt like I swallowed a rainbow. Like I had, <laughs> and like I swear, because I was so freaking tired. Yeah. I was tired, I was dragging, I was a mom, I was in triathlon, I was uh, growing my photography business, and I was parenting, and I was bartending. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when people tell me they don't have time to do this, I'm like, okay, well, let's just stop right there. <laughs> because I had so much on my plate. And for me, it was such a um, simple way to not only lose weight, but I still do the shakes, I still do everything because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nutrition company. So it was a way for me to get healthy without having to like figure it out. I would like sit in the refrigerator and not know what I'm eating, trying to eat healthy, whatever. So this was a no brainer. And the products are super clean and I just got obsessed with it. Like mm-hmm. I really loved it. And I felt like, like the idea kept running on my mind. I can do this. Like this is an amazing product. I love it. Why wouldn't others love it? Yeah. And it, it just, you know, like the whole trading time for money. Like I'm a photographer. If I don't shoot, mm-hmm. I don't make money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So 
So I'm so glad now that when when COVID hit, I had that because I didn't shoot for almost four months. I feel like everyone can use that security, like no matter what situation you're in. There is one thing that I think people are not thinking. I think a lot of people have a lot of skepticism with Mm -hmm. network marketing. They don't think they're going to make any money, but the reality is that most people that come into network marketing, they're not coming to be millionaires. Mm -hmm. I'm here to be a millionaire. (laughs) I'm here to be a millionaire. But but most people are looking to make anywhere from $300 to $1,000 a month. Yeah. And that money, and I'm sure with your companies, you're with Beauty Counter and you're with Monat too, right? Mm-hmm. And doTERRA. <laughs> and doTERRA, okay. Well, and, and I think that we all have different approaches, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's hard to think, I don't even know how you build that many companies. <laughs> but most people that come into network marketing really are not here to make a million dollars. Yeah. They are here to supplement their income and to create some residual income. Ah, I know I'm interrupting you listening to the episode, but I just had to share this news with you. I was recently named one of the top 10 branding coaches, and because of that, I just felt super grateful and like I wanted to give back more to you. So I'm currently offering free one-on-one brand coaching calls where you'll tell me your goals with marketing and your business. And I'll give you all my feedback based on where you're currently at and where you want to go. I'll also answer any questions you have on that call about branding or marketing. So click the link in the show notes to schedule your free one hour branding call with me and be sure to bring all your questions because I will literally answer any question you have on that call. It's a great opportunity and I'm not going to do this forever. So make sure you click the link in the show notes, and I'll let you get back to your episode. I think a couple of things that you mentioned are really important to help people understand, like also like why I choose to work with MLMs. It's always because I love the product and I already use it. So it's like, to me, because even things that aren't an MLM, like if I'm going to recommend something and they sell it on Amazon, like I'm going to get an Amazon affiliate link and post that because why not? Like, (laughs) so to me, it's the same thing. Like if I'm, if I actually use these products and love them, I'm going to be talking about them anyway. So like I might as well add a stream of income while I'm talking about it. Okay. So something that we have in common for the longest time, and this was before Isogenics, even when I first started my photography business, Mm -hmm. I personally had these kind of like weird feeling right about that the money the selling I don't know I can sell and if I have to say one of the biggest growth that I had in my journey was that selling is nothing else than an exchange of energy Mm -hmm. and when people realize that when you're actually selling something the other person you're giving them a solution there is a reason why they want it you're not convincing anybody yeah and I think there is this like salesy, sleazy mentality of what selling is that really is rooted in our own insecurities. In the mm-hmm. fact that, well, who, who's gonna want what I like? Who, I, who am I 
to tell this person what they should be instead of being proud and having that self-confidence mm-hmm. that is yeah i love it so if i love it why wouldn't other people love it and it's okay if i make money like yeah what's the problem how do you think someone would get over that if they're if they feel because i feel like sometimes people even like if you post something they're starting to become like a they wonder if you are actually into it because some people promote things that they've never even tried and I feel like that's part of like why people also shy away from wanting to share how do you get so away I from think that? There is a few, there's, there is a few layers to mm-hmm. that question one is when we have I'm trying to think because I, I, I want to break it in, in a few layers. So when we have that like sense that what we have to say is not worth it, yeah. most of the times we don't know it. I don't know if you went through, I, I went through a lot of growth. I'm still going through a lot of growth and I hope I'm going to grow through the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest growth was realizing that I had a lot of internal voices telling me shit. Yeah. And some of those voices were like, well, who's going to listen to you or who's going to want to listen to you or whatever it was. And now I recognize it in others. Mm. Like a lot of the times they think that even though they liked it, they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'd rather not stay. I'm private or whatever. So it, it, it becomes like I really see it um, as, a, as a work of self-love. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I've done has been doing mirror work. I don't know if you ever done mirror work. What is that? Um, so mirror work is a book from Louise Hay. Do you know who Louise Hay is? Yes. I'm old. Okay, <laughs> yes. I'm old. <laughs> she was like the godmother of personal growth and affirmations and all this stuff. So she has a book out that literally is 21 days and it walks you through looking at yourself in the mirror and really telling yourself that you love yourself Mm. and it's crazy because most of us can't even do that you'll stop in front of a mirror you'll say i love you and you'll still love me (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like because we are not told or we're not like taught the most important person in your life is you yeah and you can only pour to the ones you love from that place, mm-hmm. right? So I think that it's starting there. And I know that is a, that is a huge step from that to actually being willing to share a product. But I yeah. think a lot has to do with that. And the second one is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of ridicule, fear of what other people are going to think. And the reality is that for me, I let go of fear a long time ago. I do things in spite of it. Because yeah. none of these people judging me are going to pay my bills. Exactly. <laughs> so if they care about me, they're going to be happy for me. They may join me or no. They may buy from me or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm not here to build a business for my 10 friends. I'm here to build a massive, massive business. So I need to get over that. Yeah. And I think if whether or not you follow what you want to be doing, people are going to judge you. So... 
you might as well do what you want to do because <laughs> I, I think that there is such a judging layer especially in very close relationships mm-hmm. because we get accustomed to who we are and as soon as you want to grow or do something different than your tribe all of a sudden there is a huge growth spur that has to go from being safe in your nest with all your tribe and your people to stepping outside and all of a sudden doing something on your own and a lot of people are not willing to do that and it's also just being different than what like the masses are doing because like even when I told some people that are close to me that I was launching this podcast like their first reaction was well I hope you don't think you're going to make any money from that Serious. And I was like, I do actually, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do, and I will. Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, but then I mean, once they see you doing it, then they're like, oh, I guess you can, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 I think okay. So going back to a lot of uh, what you were saying, like sharing and stuff like that, it comes mm-hmm. back to integrity. And I think that a lot is who you are to your network. Yeah. Because if you always been an honest person and people know you, and you, th- that doesn't go to say like, what are, what are the things you hear all the time? These are the, like, I don't have money, I don't have time, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. Yeah, I hear a lot of people just say that they they're scared to put themselves out there. So I guess yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you really think about that, it all comes down to. They don't believe in themselves. They believe you or me can do it. Mm-hmm. I had people tell me, oh, I can't do what you do. I'm like, well, when I started, I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many people block me on Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, and even then I went back and I was like, hey, when I started, I didn't know what I was doing. Sorry if I offended you. Like, you know, I yeah. wish you the best. And sorry, I just came in the wrong way. I was learning, you know. But also where people are obviously didn't care about me. But on top of that, I think it, it really comes down to a desire for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you really have a desire for more, you can have all of that. You Like me, right? Business, bartending, mother, doing triathlon. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to carve an hour a day to do this. You can, you have no money. You sell something and get the money like it's all about that desire for more and I really want to like touch on this one of the reasons that for me it is a no-brainer to have that and and I I also want to like um really talk about not only just network marketing Mm -hmm. but if you have a calling for something else maybe you have a calling to be a photographer maybe you have a calling to be a coach maybe you have a calling to have an Etsy shop whatever it is Right, because our vehicle is network marketing, but I think that having a side hustle, like it has all these different layers and, and callings and passions and things mm-hmm. that you can do. Yeah. But the one thing that you can create in network marketing that is very very hard to create in other industry is residual income. Mm-hmm. Like that repeated income that if you don't sign up anybody, you don't sell a product, you don't sell a shampoo, you don't sell anything, you're still making money from your clients that they already bought from you in the past. Yeah. And then the leverage of having a team. You have several streams of income and you know how hard it is that you need an assistant and you need that. I'm in the, I'm in the process of hiring an assistant because 
I have so many things going on and I'm like, I'm going crazy. Yeah, right? exactly. So network marketing is leverage. So when mm-hmm. people tell me, oh, I'm just going to buy property and I'm going to work my booty off until I can buy a $200,000 apartment, I'm like... Yeah, and, and another thing with having the team and having everything kind of already in place with when you join a network marketing company, I feel like another big thing is that they also, the company also advertises for you. So like, for example, before I joined Beauty Counter, I just bought it um, under one of my friends and then I would see ads and when I would click on them, like on Facebook, it would go to her site and she didn't have to pay for those Facebook ads. That's really expensive. So crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, if they're going to pay for ads for me, like I'm going to sign up. Exactly. Well, and this is the thing. I think that people do not understand the business. Hmm. So for me, it was a matter of educating myself and like in any industry, you're gonna have good companies and bad companies. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have good reps and bad reps. Right. And I think that is where the difference is. Somebody like you putting yourself out there with different businesses and also using the vehicle of network marketing or somebody like me, my integrity is first. Because if I'm not playing with integrity in my network marketing business with my team, with my customers in photography, mm-hmm. like everything collapses, right? Yeah. So I think that is where the difference happens. And then there is also people that come and go all the time. So people think that this is a, you know, a get rich quick scam, whatever. I think the biggest work that we have as network marketers to do is to really educate people that this is network marketing. <laughs> you still need to put the work. Yeah. And I, I know earlier you mentioned that you were following your friend posting about isogenics for years before you signed up. So I feel like that's a really important point because sometimes I can feel like no one's listening, but you don't, it might just take them three years to sign up. Like, <laughs> well, and this is the thing. I signed up with her. I didn't even thought of sharing the product yeah. for about eight months. Mm-hmm. Like the first, at the beginning, I was like, I don't know. You know, and I kept watching and I educated myself, even before I even said anything to her. Yeah. Like I kept educating myself and I kept reading about it. And and I think this is like any business, it takes time, it takes mm-hmm. learning. And you have to be open to learn, you have to be coachable. Yeah. Uh, do I believe it is for everybody? No. And do I believe everybody's for my team? No. Which is crazy because when we start, we think everybody's for us, right? Yeah, I've realized that even with coaching, like not everyone is, like I know most people I can help, but it still doesn't mean that I'm the right person for them. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not the, the, the coach for everybody yeah. because I'm very driven. I, you know, like, and so are you. So for me, I can't drag anybody. People have to yeah. want it for themselves. I can I can build a relief. I can help them. I can coach them. I can all of that. I can teach them, but mm-hmm. I cannot believe for them. Yeah. You know, I'm not in the business of dragging people. Yeah. So one other thing that you've mentioned when I was going through your stuff is about decision fatigue. And I'm I've always been like super indecisive. Like once I make a decision, I'm good, but before that it's like 
go back and forth over it and like cause all this stress. So what tips do you have to deal with decision fatigue and to avoid it? Okay, so decision fatigue is a real thing, you guys, because decision fatigue is the one thing that like we only have, we're like a computer, right? Mm -hmm. So we only have enough bandwidth in our life. So you get up in, we think that we're not making decisions throughout the day, that we're only making the really important ones, like, you know, what colors of my brand, or should I send this email over this email? But those are the very important decisions. Now, you are actually making thousands of decisions from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep. I read this from Steve Jobs years ago, and it is like, it impacted me so much because I always was very indecisive. And one of the things that I, I've been doing in my life um, to contrast that is you make a list, right? You make a list. But okay, let's, let's back up two steps. First is minimizing the amount of decisions you have to make in a day. Mm-hmm. And how you do that? You do that by clearing space but not like having a million things in your plate, for example. Mm-hmm. And I know that people think I'm crazy, but reality is that most people put more, 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 more stuff on their plate so they don't have to think, right? Yeah. So now they're jumping from one thing, so they're busy but not productive. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, start taking things out of their plate. Second, simplify your options. So for me, let's go back to a little bit isogenics as far as nutrition, mm-hmm. zero decision fatigue. I know no matter what, every morning I'm gonna have my shake. I don't have to think if, oh, am I going to have coffee? I'm going to have a toast. I'm going to have a burrito. Is it healthy? It's not healthy. Now I'm in front of the refrigerator. Uh, F it. I'm going to have whatever because this is just too overwhelming. Even though you're not thinking all that, it's happening on the background. Hmm. So that is one thing. But in life in general, you can part. uh, I love this process. And you kind of like have to feel like, okay, does it feel right or does it feel wrong Mm -hmm. and then if you still cannot decide pick one and just go with it you will know when you do it yeah and i don't know if you ever had that situation in your business but i've been through that a lot of times i'm like should i do it should i know should i do it and i'm like freaking do it just pick pick a lane and Mm -hmm. go with it and if it doesn't work you can always retract because there is no wrong right or wrong yeah there is just feedback yeah i feel like when you especially with businesses that I feel like stops a lot of people because it stopped me a while, especially from launching the Pretty AF brand because I was always like, well, I don't look like an influencer. I need to be like a certain weight or like a certain level of fitness before I do it. And when I was finally like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it and like see what happens. Literally no one has said, you don't look like this. You look amazing. (laughs) You are inspiring. You are bringing like awesome content to women like us because I think that's one of the the things too. So let me actually give you an example because I don't want to leave the decision fatigue theme and move on because I think that is so important, especially for busy women, Mm -hmm. which is Steve Jobs. I don't know if you remember, he always wore a white shirt, jeans and shoes, and he carried a black sweater. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because he had, I think he had 20, I don't know how many. He didn't want to make the decisions. He didn't drive. He had a chauffeur. Why? Because he didn't, like when you're driving, you're making thousands of decisions. 
mm-hmm. like in, in one single drive, right? Yeah. Like, because all that stuff is on the back of your mind. So we get so tired that all of a sudden we are in this overwhelmed mode, especially in a world where it's busy. Like mm-hmm. our life or is the busiest in history that we ever been. So, so when you can simplify your life to the core things and you can say that that's why I'm also like so passionate about like the whole isogenic thing. It's just not, we have so many things, right? Mm-hmm. We're a nutrition company, but people think, oh, you're weight loss, you're this, you're that. Try to just have something that is good for you that you don't have to think instead of having that pot of coffee until 11 a.m. Yeah. And then we'll talk, <laughs> right? But because that was me. Yeah. But once you started like, and now all of a sudden, like you don't have to think about it and you keep going your day. But that multiplies in your day. Like if you, that's why systems, people are like, oh, I cannot follow systems. Or, systems are liberating. Say like decision fatigue is a real thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's why I pretty much wear leggings and burks and a t-shirt every day <laughs> yeah. and you can find your style and different colors and stuff and like if everything matches now you don't have to think about it mm-hmm. so I want to get into what you do for philanthropy and why you think that's important because it's a big part of pretty AF is being pretty inside too <laughs> I love it so there is a few things so first I think that if we're not doing something for someone else mm-hmm we're not being truth to who, to who we are. Like humans, we thrive on connection. We thrive on giving, but that is something that is so forgotten, right? Yeah. Because we're so like in your jobs or in school or whatever, like we are just out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't really even understand a lot of that concept until I started reading and growing myself because I was in the competition world with flair bartending I was there were not that many girls and you know the few ones that were like we we were always competing against each other so it was like very very catty right yeah so when I got into network marketing and I got into the world of entrepreneurship and I started meeting other women I was like, man, this is really all about how you can do for others and not really what others can do for you. Yeah. Right? So lately, what my thing has been, so I joined the Cupcake Girls. Are you familiar with them? No. So it's a nonprofit, and they advocate for victims of sexual trafficking, Mm. but mostly from the sex industry. So women that maybe they are dancing in strip clubs, maybe they are um, prostitutes, but they are being trafficked. So Mm -hmm. mostly people don't know that that exists, Mm -hmm. but especially in a city like Las Vegas, there is a lot of that. Maybe their passports are being hostage, maybe their families are being hostage somehow, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So that is something that I did recently because I think there is so much of that here. I didn't even know. I felt like, like, like how I don't know any of that you know and with with the movement of child trafficking mm-hmm. I think they're very important because a lot of these sex trafficking starts when they are children mm-hmm. and that's the only way of life they know so that is one of the biggest things and then within Isagenics we have something called the ISA foundation and that is a foundation where we feed kids literally so for every uh, amount of bugs that you buy, you know, you can donate and they they did a lot 
when COVID hit to make food available for kids and schools and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into your top pretty AF tips. So you talked a little bit about wellness, but do you have a like number one wellness tip? Yes. So, okay, so I'm gonna get a little deep on this because I think that our beauty and our wellness start on the inside. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we're women. We love putting our cream. We love putting stuff on our hair. We love, but if we don't start from within, like when people have acne, Mm -hmm. 99% of the times, it doesn't start from the outside in. It starts from the inside out. Mm -hmm. When, you know, when our hair is not growing, our nails are not growing. And people have this idea that, this was me, by the way, like if you eat everything that comes from the ground, you're gonna be okay. And yes, you have to eat whole foods. Yes, you have to eat organic and variety and stuff like that, but our our food is bankrupt. That -hmm. is the reality uh, of the world that we live in. So when you start supplementing, when you start using greens, like, you cannot eat a table like this of a spinach, right? Right. And spinach now doesn't have the same minerals and vitamins that spinach maybe had 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so passionate about health and wellness because, yeah, I, I love sports. I love doing exercise and everything. But all of us can use better nutrition. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my number one tip, so there is a few. One is adaptogens. Have you ever heard of adaptogens? Are they mushrooms or is that a Mushrooms, uh, ashwanda, but mushroom, not the ones that put you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Reishi mushroom, um, ashwanda, like eleuthero, so they're all herbs Hmm. and literally help us with uh, stress. So when you are less stressed from the inside out, now you have a space mentally to actually do a lot of things that make you pretty. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard like there is no more of a beautiful woman, one that is like happy? No. It's so true. <laughs> what I'm saying is that when you see a woman that she's yeah. like happy, yeah, that's when they're most beautiful. Yeah. And happiness is is this huge ball of things. Mm-hmm. And I really think that nutrition is at the top of that one. And stress is on the other side. So this might be part of it but what's your number one beauty tip stay out of the sun <laughs> because that is the one that like it's so hard to do yeah it's so hard to do like you know we can put all of it like even me like I you know I put like 50 in my face and I run and I try to run at 40 in the morning and stuff <laughs> like that but if, if you're living life if you're out living life you're mm-hmm. in the sun yeah and the sun is just like crazy. So I wear like weird like things. And my <laughs> husband always laughs about me and, and I put a lot of cream and I do a lot of water and I drink my greens and I drink my adaptogens. Mm-hmm. I'm like obsessed over all that. I have to say you're making a Pfizer hand motion because they can't see you. So <laughs> they oh, wouldn't yeah, know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> like huge Pfizer. <laughs> Like, people are like, what are you wearing? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm 42, you guys. I have to, like, like take care of this skin. I mean, it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your number one life tip? Ooh. <laughs> you can reinvent yourself over and over and over. I'm going to go deep here. I do this often. I imagine 
myself at 80 years old and I look back? Are you going to be proud or are you going to have regrets? That's how you make a decision. I think that could actually help with the decision fatigue because if you... And even thinking like, will this matter then? (laughs) And and I do this with my team. Hmm. I ask them, when you are in your 80s and you're going to look back, are you going to care about Karen who unfollow you on Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Are you going to care that maybe your neighbor thought you were weird? Or you're going to care that you went after your dreams and maybe you changed somebody's life and maybe you had extra money to put on your table. Maybe you had extra money to send your kid to private school. Maybe you had money to get out of debt and not be stressed every night. Yeah. So all the decisions that I make, I make them from that from that place. That's a really good tip. I'm going to start thinking about my 80-year-old self. <laughs> it's it's, it's life-changing. Yeah. Because in your deathbed, will it matter? Well, you shared a lot of really good information. So I wanted to thank you for coming on. And I wanted you to share how people can find you or work with you or get in touch with you. Okay. So there's a few different ways people can work with me. So if you are like one person looking for an opportunity and you want to know what my opportunity looks like, I would love to just jump on a chat you can find me at Ati Greenspan at Ati Greenspan on Instagram on Facebook I'm on LinkedIn also if you have a brand if you're in network marketing and you need uh, branding photos uh, you can find me at ati.g.branding and I'm like literally working on right now creating a course for people to learn how to take their own pictures in between photo shoots. So right now, like if you go follow me in the next few weeks, you're gonna get so many tips for free because literally I am creating it as I go. So that's the two ways that they can work with me. They can come like populate their social media with amazing images for free or for paid. (laughs) And if they're in Las Vegas, mostly, you know, like people will hire me. And then for network marketing, if you are into health and fitness and you're looking for an amazing product that you can add to your services, it's just chat. Awesome. Is there anything that you wanted to share that you didn't get to? Actually, what I wanted to do is I want to give all the things. I know you have a lot of people here from Vegas mm-hmm. that either they are in network marketing or they are starting a business. I would love to offer them a 10% off of my photography services. Oh. They get to me and on Instagram and they tell me, hey, I'm interested in your services. We'll jump on a call. If they drop your name, I will gladly give them a 10% of my services. Cool. Yeah. Thank you on behalf yeah, of the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? For me, it's being joyful. I find that I love myself the most when I'm being my truthful self, Mm. which is a lot harder than people think it is. It's so, like sometimes we get on our head, right? It's do, 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 but it's about being. So when I am being joyful, that is when I feel the prettiest, when I think people see me in the prettiest light and all the other things that I do, like, you know, the cream, the hair, the nutrition, (laughs) It's all in there to support that joyful being.
Thank you so much for being on the Pretty AF podcast, Ati. And she did recently launch a photography membership program. If you live in Vegas, she's doing a month-to-month where you can come get a bunch of your branded photos at a lower price point than it would normally be. And it's kind of ongoing, so you can keep getting photos month after month. So... I'm going to leave a link to that in the show notes, and I'm also going to link to her website, her social media, all that good stuff, everything that was mentioned in this episode, so go check her out, and thank you so much for taking this time for yourself and listening to the Pretty AF Podcast. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. Tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Asley Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.